I'm Cody. And I'm Dana. And you're listening to the Goddamn Football Podcast. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. I get star status. Hey. Star status tonight. And we ain't stopping till they cut on the lights. That's right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number eight. Thank you for being awesome listeners. Um, we have a very intense show for me uh, ahead of us, and I look forward to any feedback. In fact, um, I welcome you guys, challenge you guys to start submitting feedback. We want to make the show better. We want to grow our listeners. we got a ton of likes on Facebook, but I don't know how many people are actually listening uh, on a regular basis, and, and if they listen to the whole thing, you know, um, so, you know, we want you to be able to listen to the whole show without falling asleep, and if we're fall- making you fall asleep, we're not doing our jobs right, <laughs> we want you to listen to this show and feel excited and want to go out and fucking talk about it more, so, uh, that being said, what we got going, Cody, what we got, what we got? Oh, man. We had a pretty good show today. Uh, we're going to talk about thoughts on the NFC Championship. Thoughts on some comments by your boy Aaron Rodgers. Relax. Yeah. Not that comment. <laughs> um, list of um, uh, potential QBs on the move next year. Uh, thoughts on a blockbuster trade that happened the other day. Um, talking about a certain philosophy of the Rams. Um, uh, NFL.com came out with rankings of top ringless quarterbacks. I'm going to go off on that segment. And um, thoughts on Eagles' new head coach. Uh, there's a press conference. So, first we're going to... Go ahead and talk about the uh, conference championships. Um, AFC, I ain't, I really don't got much to say other than the Bills let me down. But I'm happy for my boy Andy Reid. Going to another Super Bowl. Hopefully you get back to back. Um, but as far as the NFC championship goes, as I told Dana before the before our show. My opinion, what it comes down to, is Aaron Rodgers is a choke artist. He disagrees. A lot of Packers fans disagree. I mean, I, I say choke artist, and a lot of people say it's a bad thing. There are a lot of people think it's a bad thing. But, I mean, my all-time favorite player was a choke artist. So, I mean, it is, it is what it is. Um, it's just some players, they're getting huge games, and they just... Don't play up to their standard. It's, I mean, Brady threw three interceptions in that game. <laughs> Two of them back to back. And you just go three and out, three and out, three and out. Like, no. That's, that, that's, that's terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Well, before you get into that NFC game, I'm going to have... Just a couple things to say about AFC. Uh, congratulations, Andy Reid, 
Uh, not surprised in the least. I think you got a hell of a team. You are a hell of a coach. Um, the Packers could use your play calling ability, that's for sure. Um, I did have a question for you, Cody. What do you think Bills need to do to improve for next year? How can they get back to that AFC championship and potentially move on? How can they top the Chiefs? Um, I'm not sure that's possible. Um, I don't think the Bills will be as good next year. I don't think Josh Allen will have as good as the season. Um, I guess that's, that's really just my opinion on the whole situation. Um, seems like, you know, every year you kind of have a, not really a fluke team, but a, a team that's better than what they really are. Um, we've seen it from Atlanta a few times in the last decade or so. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, as far as offense goes, I, I mean, get a, get a running back knows how to run the football. Um, Josh Allen has to throw too much, and I think I think they should improve that defense. Um, but even even that, I mean, uh, Jets Jets have the second pick, and they got uh, three picks in the first thirty four picks this year. Um, I think they're going to be improved. Maybe not quite a playoff team, but they're going to be improved. And then Miami just fell short of the playoffs. Um, you know, I think they may have something to say about, you know, the Bills returning to the playoffs next year. A lot of good stuff there. Um, so you mentioned the Bills need a, a good running game. What do you, you think they need to draft somebody? You think, there's any good free agents out there? Uh, I mean, they'd be a perfect destination for Aaron Jones. You uh, shut your mouth. <laughs> that would be perfect destination. <laughs> um, I'm sure they got the money to pay him. Because uh, Josh Allen's on a, a rookie contract. Um, I know there's, there's, there's a few good running backs. Uh, I don't know Le'Veon Bell's going to be a free agent. He's old. He's old, but, I mean, he can still play, I think. I mean, maybe not long-term, but, I mean, we ain't talking about long-term. We're yeah. talking about making the playoffs next year and, and possibly getting the Super Bowl. Um, James Conner from, from the Steelers. Yep. I mean, he's not he's not an all-pro, but... Solid. Um, him and Devin Singletary could be a pretty good one-two punch. I can definitely agree that the Bills need a running game. That's their biggest need and weakness. Um, you know, they could do some improvement on defense, of course. Um, but like you said, in my head, the Bills are never going to beat the Chiefs. You know, as long as the Chiefs kind of have that Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes pairing, I don't see a whole lot of teams ever, you know, like, they're sure there might be one-off years and stuff, but the Chiefs are the new Patriots um, moving forward, you know, in my opinion. 
they're going to be the team to beat every year. And that quarterback-coach matchup is just something that's really, really hard to bet against. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I call them the new Patriots or not, as much as I love Andy Reid. Um, I definitely see him doing a, a, a dynasty year and having the dynasty of the 2010s or whatever, or 2020s or whatever you want to call this decade. Um, but the thing that always saved New England was the fact that Tom Brady always took less money. That's what kept him in contention for a good part of 20 years. Yeah, I mean, he would sign record-breaking deals, and then the next year he'd restructure his contract. Yeah, like they'd pay him what he, you know, originally, and then the next year he'd restructure his contract so that they could get somebody big in. And you know, you just haven't seen any other quarterbacks, at least not in the media. Um, I'd have to really do some research to find out if other quarterbacks give up, you know, part of their money for other players to get signed. But it's definitely been made public that Tom Brady has um, been willing to renegotiate his contract in order to get people in. Um, I just don't see Pat Mahomes doing that. Yeah, and, I don't and, and eventually, because a contract he got is... I mean, everybody talks about Wentz's contract... That contract is extremely large. Yeah. Um, I just think. I think. It's so funny because I, I think they're 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 gonna be the team to beat until Travis Kelsey starts declining, and then all they really have there is gonna be Tyreek Hill unless they can draft somebody else. They'll both probably decline um, right around the same time too. Yeah, um, well, uh, Tyreek Hill's a little bit younger, but... Yeah, but Tyreek Hill's not always going to have that deep burner speed every single year. Eventually, right. the speed starts to wear off, and then you got to become, you know, more of a Wes Welk or slot guy. And right. he's got that shiftiness, that quick stuff, but that, that right now, his biggest strength is definitely the top speed, that burner That's why they call him Cheetah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, I think once some two guys, some two weapons start declining, because let's be honest, Chiefs defense ain't all that great. Yeah. It's not, it's, I mean, Andy Reid had a better defense in Philly than he does with the Chiefs now. Um, but, I mean, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes is a beast. But I, I, I just don't think it's just Pat Mahomes. You know, I think Tyreek Hill is very underrated, and Travis Kelsey is pretty underrated. Um, they're big-time weapons. Big-time weapons, for sure. Yeah, let's move on. Um, it's time. Time for the segment that I don't want, but <laughs> I'm pretty fired up about, so let's do it. What, um, are your, what are your thoughts, NFC? Packers versus Bucks. I mean, again, like I said, uh, I think it comes down to Aaron Rodgers just choked. That's what he does. Um... Especially, really seems like the NFC Championship. And just every time they lose, it's, it's like they're the better team. And I mean, so Aaron Rodgers, you think he choked? He definitely choked. All right, let's let's say 
Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady faced up any given Sunday. And I just gave you these stats. Tom Brady, 20 for 36, 280 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, 33 for 48, 346 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Who do you think won that game? <laughs> I mean, you kind of proved my point here, Packers. I, I mean, that's what I'm getting at is like he had the stats of someone who should have won. But it was like, you know, like I said, Tom Brady threw them back to back interceptions and they went three and out, three and out. I mean, you cannot do that. I absolutely agree, and that begs the question, the most unanswered question I think everybody has, who is responsible for those two drives in particular? You know, there's a lot of chatter out there in the media, everybody's blowing up the stuff that's less significant, in my opinion. I agree, there was an interception right before half called uh, that the Bucks got. That's a, a crucial time to get an interception. Right before half, we're marching down, probably at least going to get a field goal. Packers are marching down the field, probably at least going to get a field goal. And Rodgers throws a pick. However, if you watch the replay, uh, Tampa's DB grabs Lazard by his shoulder pad, pulls him backwards while he pulls himself forward to place himself in position for the interception. Obvious pass interference call missed. Not called. Okay. Understandable. Everybody's human. But given the time and place in the game, such a critical call. Because um, if Packers score right before half, even if they come right out and start the half and the rest of the game plays out exactly the same, they had enough. They would have had enough points to win the game. Um, where where else am I going? But let's just toss that out. Let's toss that out, and let's toss the call out at the end of the game. Even though they hadn't called pass interference all game, they decided to right at the end of the game. You know, let's toss that out because to me, those weren't the two things that cost us the game. We had opportunities. Freaking Tom Brady threw three interceptions in a row. You know, two of them back-to-back. And then the first one was still on the same, was on the prior drive. So basically three interceptions in a row. We get six points off of one. Okay. Missed our two-point conversion. Uh, And then the other two... We go three and out. Pass, 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 punt. Pass, 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 punt. Not a single run. Not a single screen. Not a single draw. And Tampa Bay was pinning their ears back. All they did was rush Aaron Rodgers. They're like, all right, pass. We're going to freaking sack your ass. I don't understand why we went pass, pass, pass. I don't understand where the failure came into play that we couldn't recognize the perfect opportunity to call a screen or a draw 
Like, I thought to myself, oh my god, if Andy Reid was calling this game, we would have just busted a screenplay for 50 yards to Aaron Jones, because he's got the, you know, like, they were rushing us so hard, that's all they wanted was the sack. They had no, they were not thinking about a screenplay or a draw in the least. And it, I'm just like, it's those two drives that lost us the game. You got to turn turnovers into points, even if they're field goals. Those two drives, in my opinion, are the biggest question marks because it's who's responsible. Okay, Aaron Rodgers missed some missed some throws to Devontae earlier in the game. Aaron Rodgers missed some wide-open receivers throughout the game that could have been touchdowns. You can definitely say that he played a big part in losing the game, but he did enough to win. The question is, who's responsible for those two drives? If Aaron went out there and audible and he's the, he's the one that called all those passes, then I'll, I'll give it to you. He's a choke artist. You know, he wasn't thinking clearly whatsoever. But if Aaron's going out there and running Matt LaFleur's calls, then it's on LaFleur. You don't call, I mean, obviously, yeah, you got the best quarterback in the NFL, but you don't call pass, 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 and then not learn your lesson when you get another fucking interception and go pass, pass, pass again. You know what I mean? Like, you got to learn to mix up your play calls a little better. And we have to incorporate, the Packers have to incorporate more timely screen plays and draw plays when defenses are heavily rushing. We are one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, but you can have the best offensive line in the NFL against the best, one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, and the defensive line's going to get sacks if they know for sure the pack, that the offense is passing. You know, you can't block that long. That's that's my big take out of this game. That's my big frustration is those two drives post-interception of Tom Brady were crucial. Those, those two drives were the reason we lost that game because even if we turn them both into freaking field goals, that's game. I'm going to move on and get your thoughts um, if you want to talk about any of the calls in the games or whatever, what are your thoughts, Cody? Um, I mean, I pretty much say what I think. <laughs> uh, you just think he choked? Yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, that's until he proves me otherwise. I've been saying it for years. He's a choke artist. I disagree. I don't think he chokes in the big games. I think he plays plenty well enough. Um, and I think a lot of the mistakes that you've seen over the years have been team mistakes out of his control. Uh, I do think that there were things he could have done in that game, in this game in particular, uh, that were 100% on him. Like, he made enough mistakes that I can definitely say... You know, if he fixes just one of those, we could have won that game. Um, but I, I disagree that he's a choke artist because in prior games, he's not, he hasn't made 
big mistakes, really. He really hasn't thrown a whole lot of picks in NFC championships, anything like that. Um, it's always been, like, crazy play calls. Something bad happened on defense. <clears throat> you remember the NFC championship game versus the Seahawks. Um, but you guys were up by a lot of points. Yeah. And, again, not on Aaron Rodgers at all that we lost that game. Like, all the crazy stuff that happened was defensive. They just let them come right back. You know? I mean, yeah, but if Rodgers keeps scoring, rather they... That's play calling. That's Mike McCarthy running the ball and them stuffing it, you know? One of them, I think, was a fumble that the Seahawks got back and then scored. <laughs> then there's the... Was that the year of the onside kick that they did on us? I don't remember. I don't remember. But I do remember... Um, it wasn't one of my favorite there. players, Mike, Micah Hyde, had an opportunity for an interception. It was such an easy interception, and he didn't even tip the ball. Like, it just flew right over his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I love Micah Hyde, but I, I remember a whole lot of crazy, stupid things happening, and I'm like, the football gods are against them for some reason. You know? Um I, I like to believe in football karma, and sometimes, you know, uh, I guess the reason I hate Tom Brady so much is I feel like he's the the example of somebody who has their own football karma. It's like football's always on his side no matter what, and I don't understand it. It's, you know, I sometimes I'm like, nobody's that good of a person. <laughs> He's not that good of a person, like, to where, you know, and, and I think he's gotten caught cheating in the past and stuff, so it just drives me nuts to see him win because I'm like, he's not <clears throat> getting rewarded for good behavior. He's he's getting rewarded for fucking, like, skating into all these games. That's why, that's why, um, that's why I love the fact that the Eagles beat Tom Brady and still to this day he says that's the one game he can't get over. Good. It's a loss to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Good. Like, yeah, because well, your bitch ass lost to a backup quarterback. That's why. <laughs> you know, I I hope the Chiefs destroy him. The way he played versus the Packers, if he plays like that versus the Chiefs, Chiefs are going to destroy him. You know? Um, but. Well, see, I think I would take the Packers defense over the Chiefs defense. I would, too. The, um, the Packers' defense in this game did everything they needed to do. This game was definitely lost on the the bad refing, the bad play calling of LaFleur, or or uh, you don't know for sure. It could be all on Aaron Rodgers. Because, obviously, Aaron Rodgers played a huge part in it. The, the missed wide-open receivers for touchdowns, the... Fucking forcing the ball to uh, Devontae Adams in the in the end in the red zone. Three plays in a row. We go to Devontae three plays in a row. Like, come on, there's wide open receivers elsewhere. Rogers, you got a problem with your all star receivers. You did it when we had Jermichael Finley. You tried to force me. I was just gonna say that you used to call him out for that shit back in twenty ten. Yeah, I'm calling him out. He has a problem sometimes at force feeding his all star receivers. Or whoever is his favorite target at the yes. time. 
And, you know, I think that LaFleur did a great job of coming in and calling him out on that kind of stuff. Um, but Devontae also, this year, every time Rodgers is thrown to him, he's been open. That's the thing. I don't remember him ever forcing the ball to Devontae that he hasn't been open. Maybe one play all year. I, I kind of, now that I say that, I do remember one play where Devontae just wasn't open and Rodgers threw it. But he's trusting that Devontae will be open. It was like a quick slant or something. Well, I mean, there's a, there's, an, there's such thing as an anticipation throw. Right. I mean, that's not force-feeding. That's just you anticipating your guy's going to beat him, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't happen. Yep. But, you know, when you got a team full of pretty talented receivers, even though everybody nobody gave the Packers receiving core any chance whatsoever at the beginning of the season, <laughs> aside from Devontae, they were like, who do they got? They got nobody. Alan Lazar and MVS, they're nobodies. Well, they both had a pretty decent season for us. Um, the thing about them guys is they're both huge, tall, and they're both fast. Yep. I think they're both going to develop. We're going to have one hell of a star-studded team down the road. Uh, well, even we we had it this year. We we had the team to beat them. <laughs> it's just a, I um, it, this game hurt. It hurt real bad. The only place that I think that the Packers should upgrade, and a lot of Packers fans will disagree with me, and I think they should upgrade their tight end, starting tight end. I know, what's his name, Tanyan or whatever? Robert Tanyan, yeah. Um, I guess my thing is, is this is a one-year thing, so I guess if he does the same thing next year, then I wouldn't say that. You realize that Travis Kelsey put a tweet out about Tunyon saying, that's my boy, I've been telling everybody about him for years. I mean, Kelsey's the best tight end in the league, and he's he's got the back of Robert Tunyon, so I don't know. I, I think it was not a fluke. We will see. Um, like, like My thing is, like, if that trade were went through between the Eagles and Packers or Hurts, what would have happened you, with Tunyon, yeah. You you put Ernst on that offense, I'm telling you that would have been sick. I agree. Sick. I think that Tunyon came out of nowhere, and he, like, if, if you put Ertz on the Packers, we would have game-planned Ertz into the, into the game plan more frequently than we did Tunyon. Tunyon was, mm-hmm. like, he came out of nowhere because he only had a few plays and he just capitalized on them and he got open. Whereas if we, I think next year, knowing that Tunyon is such a big viable option now, we're going to use him more frequently in the game plan. And we'll see if he still has production when teams are game planning against him as well. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Um, But that brings me to kind of wrap up with the NFC Championship, even though that took, like, forever. <laughs> um, I just want to let everybody know, all of our listeners know, that our Packers fans, in a future episode, uh, after the Super Bowl, uh, I have uh, a lot more to talk about. Um, some some teasers here for you. Obviously, we're going to talk about the draft. Uh, we're going to talk about the firing of Sean Menenga 
and Mike Pettin. Uh, Who's not... Sean Manega? Sean Manega, the special teams coordinator for the Packers, uh, was fired after the Packers had multiple seasons of dead blast in special teams. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yep. Uh, Mike Pettin was um, he was in a contract year, and essentially we're just not bringing him back. Uh, we didn't fire him, but we're not rehiring him. And then all the free agents that the Packers have uh, to try and re-sign who, who we think might come back, who we think uh, should go. You know, we got a big episode about that. Um, it'll be pretty exciting. And then I'm done. I'm ready to move on from the Packers in the NFC Championship. What's next, Cody? Um, uh, we talk about Aaron Rodgers' comments. Okay, okay. I guess I'm not done. I forgot. Um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers did make some comments post-game. Uh, I don't remember the exact comment, but he said something about, um, he didn't make the choice to kick the field goal in late in the fourth quarter or something like that. Yeah, Aaron was asked what his thoughts were on kicking a field goal late in the fourth quarter. And his simple response, well, that wasn't my call. So he didn't say, you know, his tone was more like, well, that wasn't my call. Like, I would have done something different. It was his tone for sure. Uh, but he didn't say you know, that directly. Uh, I think you, everybody knew what he meant. Like, he wanted a chance to take another crack at it. Um, I totally agree with him. I'm like, you go for it on fourth down, what do you have to lose? Like, I, I don't know. And then uh, he said, um, a lot of players on the Packers, futures are uncertain, including his own. That I found interesting. He didn't actually say, including his own, I don't think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's, he basically said something along the lines of, he said, like, I don't know about our futures, including myself. You know, that's, that one was. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the same thing. Yeah, very similar. And basically, he, what he was getting at um, was... With the state of the Packers' prior offseason and drafting Jordan Love, um, and in fact, he was he did a, a interview and was asked questions about it. And um, in his interview, you know, Aaron said that he was mostly saying that he thinks he's safe, but nobody in the NFL is ever safe, a hundred percent guaranteed. Well, in my opinion, though, is I think he's fibbing. I think he wants a new deal. Or he wants more money. I don't think that at all. Oh, I do. After seeing all these weds go off, you know, um, uh, um, Watson, Mahomes, all these, all these guys who I'm sure he considers himself better than, Getting and, and for the most part, he's right. Um, only one you can make a case for is Mahomes. Um, 
he's better than, and they're getting paid more money than he is. I I think I think he wants more money. I really do. I don't at all. Um, and the reason I say this is because in uh, some of his other interviews, uh, in fact, that one on the Pat McAfee show that I was just referring to, he uh, when he said, you know, he's saying basically every player's certain futures are uncertain. He really emphasized it and talked about some of his key players and stuff on his team. What he was getting at is he's trying to encourage the Packers to re-sign some people. He's saying people's futures are uncertain and they shouldn't be. You know, people shouldn't feel like they're uncertain because they're fucking studs. They're all-stars. You need to get them on contract and lock them down. This is kind of BS. He's trying to stick up for his teammates and say, hey, Packers, re-sign these guys. These are my guys. Uh, that's what I think, and that's kind of the tone that he put off in the Pat McAfee show as well. He just can't come out and actually say that directly because then you're causing problems with, you know, the upstairs office. Can't tell them how to do their job. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers seems like he would. <laughs> he, he does, but he's very, like... Brett Favre would be direct about it. Aaron would be very... Passive aggressive, you know, he's very calculated and manipulative in that way. Um, and I, you know, you got to respect it because it takes more intelligence, more intellect to deliver a message in, that's coded, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Rather than saying it directly, you got to be a little bit smarter to speak in code. I don't know, man, there's been some things Roger's upset, and I'm just like, did he really say that? <laughs> Like, bro. <laughs> Sometimes, you, I agree, he has come out and just said something real direct. I agree there, too. But there's many and many a times when he has said something very nonchalantly that was, you know, uh, <laughs> you heard it said, and then he never really took much into it, like when he said, uh, I think we can run the table. He, he said it real like, you know, just kind of matter of fact, just real nonchalant. Like, I, I think we can run the table. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, the media's blowing it up because we did run the table. <laughs> you know? Or the relaxed thing. Yep. He did that more than once. Yeah, two years in a row. The second year, he goes, I just, you know, I got one message for you. R. E L A X. And then all of a sudden he goes on a tear. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna move on here. That's um, why he's not a choke artist, motherfucker. He's a choke artist. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to see my Super Bowl's Nick Foles. He's a choke artist. <laughs> I'm done with you. We're arm wrestling when we're done. <laughs> Alright. Let's the QBs who could potentially be on the move next year or this coming up season. I seen this on Facebook and I thought it was interesting. Um, some names Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Ben Ray I mean Roethlisberger, Alex. <laughs> 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 
Alex Smith, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Dana, if you had a team right now, not saying it has to be the Packers, I'm just saying if you had a football team right now, which one of these names would you take? You can say two or three, no more than three. Um, I mean, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers off the board because everybody knows I'm biased on him. Yeah, yeah, they don't count. You can't say Rodgers. Right. So, and I also think that Rodgers isn't going anywhere. I don't know. I, he might be on the list, but he's not going anywhere. Packers, excuse me. Packers, I don't think he got put on the list because of what he said about yeah, his future. I agree, but Packers would be stupid to let him go, and he would be stupid to go to another team unless it was one of the teams that already have a good quarterback. Because uh, none of the teams that need a quarterback would have a better team than the Packers. Um, but that being said, if I could basically take any other quarterback and put him on the Packers, um, I would be pretty excited with two of, the, two of the names on that list for sure. Deshaun Watson would be my number one guy. Um, just because he's proven that... Season after season, he can be consistent now. He's proven that he can stay healthy. Um, he's young, very intelligent, great leader of the team. Um, a lot of good things to be said about him. Um, he would definitely be my number one guy. In fact, I think one of the Things I heard on ESPN, like the biggest blockbuster trade in NFL history that could ever potentially happen would be Rodgers for Deshaun Watson even up. I think the Packers would still have to give another, like, a a first-round pick or something to get him. They'd have to give him Rodgers and because of his age, essentially. Yeah. You know, Watson's got more more years in him. Um. But that would be, I, mean, I wouldn't be very happy about it, but at the same time, I wouldn't be absolutely pissed off if, if that trade happened. Rodgers for Watson. Um, and then one other name on that list that, you know, I think if Packers were able to get him, uh, I would hate to see Rodgers go in any way, shape, or form. And Packers would be getting multiple picks, and one hell of an awesome quarterback would be Carson Wentz. Um, you know, if they could finagle a trade for two first round picks and get Carson Wentz, that would be a fucking steal for the Packers. You know, and the Eagles would feel like, oh, we're set. We got a fucking stud quarterback. <laughs> you know, um, that would be awesome too, because I feel like the Packers could really come out on top. They could get a quarterback who's going to be solid for the next foreseeable seven to ten years. And on top of that, get a couple first-round picks. <laughs> those, are, those are the two big ones that I would choose uh, on the list. You know, there's definitely some honorable mentions, but those are by far the top two in my opinion. Um, My two... Of course, I Carson Wentz is my boy, so I can't I can't say Carson Wentz. My um, two would be Deshaun Watson one and Dak Prescott two. Makes sense. Um, I'm, I've always liked both of them, even Dak Prescott. You know, I 
I partially hate them because he plays with the cowboys. Cowgirls? Cow turds. <laughs> um, How many times have we said that on this show? <laughs> <laughs> a lot. But, I mean, as far as Dak Prescott, the football player, I'm, I'm a fan of Dak Prescott, the football player. Back in 2016, him and Wentz came out the same draft, and I said, Wentz was the best player in the draft, or the best quarterback in the draft, and I said, Dak was two, and golf was a fucking bum. Golf got sent back in the day, or yesterday, or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah. Um, next on the list, we're going to talk about um, the Rams and Lions blockbuster trade. Detroit sends Matthew Stafford to, was it Los Angeles Rams now? Yep. Yeah, to Los Angeles Rams in exchange for Jared Goff, two future first-round picks, which I believe would be 2022, yeah, 2022-2023, and a future third-round pick, which I would imagine would be next year. Um, it's hard to say who's going to win this trade because Rams gave up a lot. That's a lot of that's, that's a lot of picks. Um, plus, plus a starting quarterback. Even though I think he's bummed, but he's still a starting quarterback. Um, I guess it's it's, it's all going to depend on who lines draft with them picks, and if golf can do anything there in Detroit, which I doubt it because it's the Detroit Lions. I mean, Detroit sucks when they had Calvin Johnson. <laughs> I mean, I mean he's be the best receiver to ever play the game. Um, but, I mean, if Matthew Stafford, because there's only two years left on his deal, so let's say the next two years. If Stafford wins the Super Bowl or even takes them to the Super Bowl, then I say they win that trade. But that's, that's what has to happen. Like, Stafford has to lead them at least to the Super Bowl. Thoughts, Dan? Um, I mean, yeah, they were a, a playoff team with Goff. So, even if Stafford takes them to the playoffs again, he's, I don't know, they at least need to go NFC Championship Yeah. Um, for it to be a victory, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, obviously, their, their whole hopes and goals are that Stafford's going to turn them into a Super Bowl contender. So, you know, they definitely win if he does, if they if they make it to a Super Bowl, even if they lose. I think that's a, a winning trade. Um, but honestly, if they go to, like, playoffs three, four years in a row, that's also a victory, in my opinion, because golf's not going to take them consistently. Um... Then again, maybe, I mean, he plays well enough. He could take them with the coaching consistently. I think Stafford takes them over the edge, though. They go deeper into the playoffs consistently. They're more of a one-and-done team with Goff, and they're more of a... I mean, they went, they went to one Super Bowl in 2018. Yeah. But no, I agree with that you. That was I agree with you. when Gurley was on fire, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was. What about, uh, how do you feel about Detroit? Um, I think... Detroit is dumb. 
Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think Detroit's just being Detroit. I'm like, okay, you know, I don't feel bad. That just means Packers are, you know, that's one less team to worry about that we didn't really worry about anyways. <laughs> you know? Um, the only team that's ever in the last few years consistently been a threat has been the Bears, and that's because of defense, not because of any other quarterback. Cutler was a bum. Fucking uh, Trubisky is a bum. Like It's, it's funny because Jay Cutler was a bum, but he's literally probably the greatest quarterback the Bears have ever had. Yeah, talent-wise. <laughs> but he couldn't change his own drop back. He had to, like, do this weird backpedal thing, and I don't know how many times I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to fall on his ass. Because <laughs> it looks like he's about to trip over himself every time he backs up. <laughs> the old fucking John Elway backpedal. Yeah. That's the kind of shit he used to do. You're not John Elway, Cutler. <laughs> and that's why you're not in the NFL anymore. <laughs> but, um, what's next? Let's move on. Um, I want to talk about the Rams' philosophy of of constant, constantly trading away first-round picks for veteran players. And, I mean... They're kind of like... The the analytics team, like the Oakland A's in baseball, have, you know, they made analytics famous with that, that movie. Um, Moneyball or... Moneyball, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that's kind of like the Ram, what the Rams are trying to do. They're bringing analytics, in, analytics into the NFL. They're like, well, we don't need our first round pick. We can get more value out of trading it away is kind of what they've been thinking. And it's kind of worked out for them. They've been making the playoffs consistently. But I don't know. You were telling me some other things, so I'll let you finish off these thoughts. Yeah. The last first round pick they made was Jared Goff. They just sent him packing. So the last first round pick that's on their football team was made in 2014 by the name of Aaron Donald. What's a great pick? Yeah, it's great good. pick. Absolutely. But um, I mean, I don't see how they do it, but it, it works for them. So I can't bash it too much. But I do think that eventually it's going to haunt the Rams. I think so too, because I feel like if they had a first pick. A first round pick this year, which I don't think they had one, right? They had to trade a future first round pick. Yeah, no, they didn't. They traded it. I don't remember who they traded for last year. They traded with somebody. Yeah. So they don't have one this year. And they trade away another future first round pick. Um, So they might not even have one next year, sounding like, like if they had a first round pick. Potentially, they could have gotten one of these stud rookie quarterbacks. Instead, they got to trade for a veteran. You know? Yeah, they won't have a first-round pick to 2024. There we go. They got to trade for a veteran. So, to me, it's biting them in the ass now. Because they got to trade for, you know, Stafford, who I do think is going to turn them into a legit contender. But at the same time, he's had injury-prone issues over the years. He's starting to get a little bit older. What I think he's thirty-five or something. He's not, not crazy old, but not crazy young. 
Uh, I, I think it was like 32 or 33. 33? Okay. Um, either way, you know, you could be getting a fucking rookie quarterback out of this draft. There's a pretty good crop of quarterbacks that's, you know, what, 24, 25? 21. Yeah, even 21, depending on... You know the the depending on the quarterback. <laughs> so Justin Fields, this is twenty one. Yeah, imagine how many years you could get a production out of that if it, if you hit you know big, but they're gonna trade and get Stafford because they want to win now. I I get it, you know, but like you said, it's gonna bite them in the butt eventually. To me, it bit them in the butt, and they're showing their their underside on this. I guess my thing with it is one of the players they traded for a strong pick for was Brandon Cooks, and then they turned around and traded him away for like a second-round pick to Houston. Yep. It's like... <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, next, I want to talk about NFL.com's ranking of the top quarterbacks of all time to never win a ring. Um, first of all, this is, this is just horse shit. Um, Dan Marino's number one, which I agree with. After that, it's just like, what? Jim Kelly's two, Randall Cunningham's three, Brandon Tarkenton's four, Bill Purvis's five, Warren Moon is six, Dan Fox is seven, Steve McNair's eight, Michael Vick is 9, and Jim Everett's 10. Number 1, Steve McNair is way too low. And I think Philip Rivers is too low. And where the fuck is Donovan McNabb That's on this list? That's the first thing I thought when you were reading those names off. I'm like, what? Where the fuck's Donovan McNabb? Like, how many NFC championships did he go to? You know? He, he didn't win a Super Bowl, obviously. That's what the list is all about. But he went to plenty of fucking NFC championships and went to two Super Bowls, right? No, he went to one. Went to one. Five okay. NFC championship games. Yeah. And not only championship games, but statistically, the dude was an excellent quarterback. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was only two quarterbacks that did that were statistically-wise better than him in his era. And that was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Where the fuck is he on that list? That's a complete oversight disrespect. For real. Is it Dan Marino should be number one. Donovan McNabb should be number two. Period, point blank. I mean, I can agree there, to be honest. I mean, maybe Jim Kelly. Okay, at the worst, he should be three. At worst. Um, Jim Kelly did take the Bills to four straight Super Bowls. He lost every one of them. But um, they did go to four straight Super Bowls, so that is pretty fantastic. God damn, how they lose them all! But <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, Cunningham over McNabb, um, Fouts, McNair. I mean, McNair was good. McNair is more on the list because he passed too early. No, he passed after he retired. Yeah, no, I'm just mean he passed away too early in life, and you know, like obviously he's great enough to be on the list, yes, but to be above McNabb 
is, I don't know, I think some of that has to do with, you know, he passed away too early in life and he's getting some consolation out of it, you know? And then, I mean, I love Mike Vick. Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Mike Vick fan. But to say that he was better than he McNabb? was better than McNabb? What? Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, I totally agree there. Like what? <laughs> Maybe in terms of like political and not political, but you know, just fan influence. But shit, even McNabb, I loved watching his Campbell's commercials and shit. Like he was famous. More, yeah. more positively famous than Vic. Vic was famous for a bunch of negative shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and and my thing is like I'm so tired of mad disrespect. Like in my opinion, he should be in the Hall of Fame right now. He's he's a Hall of Fame. So Cody says, "Fuck you, NFL," and that's all he has to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Force go. <Gump. laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's horseshit. It's horseshit. Especially to come out with a list like that. It's like get out of here. Get the, f- get the fuck out of here. You throw one more thing on the list. Oh, okay. Um, Nick Sirianni, um, presser, um. My, I'm just going to do quick thoughts right here. This ain't going to take too long. Um, a lot of people were on Facebook talking shit about him because he was seemed nervous or whatever and didn't really talk with confidence. I mean, the Philly, anybody knows Philly media is tough. I mean, they're, they're tough to, to deal with. Um, Give the guy a break. I mean... It's his first NFL job. I mean, I'd be nervous too. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, uh, I, th- I thought it was interesting that uh, the perception is that Nick, Sir- Nick Sirianni was hired to come in and fix Carson Wentz. Yet, in the presser, he was non committal to a starting quarterback saying that he has two top-notch QBs. I found that interesting. That is interesting. Um, so, we shall see where that leads. Sign us out. That's it for the eighth episode of the Cod Dad Football Podcast. Yeah, yeah.